Besides, who knew where Marais and his ghost bloods had operatives? They hadn't contacted her since that first day in Urathiru, but she knew they'd be watching. Still, she didn't know what to do about them. They had admitted to assassinating Yasna, which should be grounds enough to hate them. They also seemed to know things, important things, about the world. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapter 18 of Oathbringer. If you haven't caught up on your reading or you've picked the wrong episode, make sure you go back and do those things. You would not want to get spoiled. This is going to be a short and sweet one. Normally I come up with a reason to say something to extend this a few seconds. Oh, shit. I just did it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he just drank paint thinner. And I think he kind of likes it. It's Jack. What's up, man? How are you doing? Good, dude. Um, would you drink the Horny to White? Pay- I would totally drink the Horny to White. <laughs> it sounds yeah. horrible. I mean, I might be breathing like a dragon yeah. uh, after it, um, but I, I would absolutely try it. Why not? Yeah, I would. Tr- I would try it too. But I, I, I don't know. It. I'm weak sauce, so I would totally I, I, yeah, I, be I'm drunk pr- after you one. Kidding? Well, if if you're weak sauce, then I'm whatever the weaker version of that sauce would be. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, I'm a uh, water. <laughs> I'm, I, I was sort of trying to think of of the of the cooking term of making like a what's it called a like a marinade a, 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 a roux. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would like to try it. I think it's amazing the use of Stormlight in that instance, though. Yeah. Isn't that she great? She goes from being, like, like, incapacitated drunk to being yeah, sober double vision. within a second. Yeah. Right. Right. Amazing. What did you think about really this whole cool. chapter overall? Loved it. Yeah, it's a good one, right? I love it. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing chapter. The, the title is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we're only, we're only, for the the listener, we're only covering the one chapter here. We're only doing chapter 18, so. So much to say just on those two words, double vision. Yeah. Two characters within. Right, right. She's so drunk, she's got double double vision. vision. There's a... She's drunk, right? There's that. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, traditional um, Night Order Radiant symbol, which is the eye with two... Right. uh, Two pupils, so... And then, and then the double vision of, like... You know, just kind of um, like the, the 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 different perspectives that could be there mm-hmm. with regards to like kind of like what we were talking about just a moment ago with with Shalon bringing up, you know, like like what if I've told other lies? Like like what if yeah, like, other things are not uh, bring true? that up to the listener because we were just uh, uh, chatting yeah. off uh, off air, and then I said, okay, so let's stop talking and let's record, yeah, because you started <laughs> saying something about um, you're talking about the scene when Shalon starts to question sh- pattern about yeah. the safety of her brothers, right? Yeah, and then asking him whether or not she has 
told any lies with regards to these events. Right. I think she says something like, are my brothers safe? Did I yeah. kill them Did too? Did I kill them too? Right. Right. And that is the moment where I got goosebumps all over my arms and I thought, oh my gosh, what if Shalon is delusional? What if, what right. if we, the reader, don't have it straight? Right. Because she has a power that if used like subconsciously by herself, she could be, this is her worry. I think is that she could be fooling herself the entire time. She's like, I talked to my brothers by span read. And so I, I know that they were okay because of that. But what if I made that up? What if I invented that or used illusion magic to make that up? And make myself think that they were alive because I was also repressing the memories of me killing my brothers. It it could be that, or it could be something else too. All right. Not n- n- not that this would necessarily be better, but what if what if telling yourself that you're the one that's responsible for your mother's death, you're mm-hmm. the one that's responsible for your father's death. Mm-hmm. What if that is easier to handle than the actual truth? being like like what if she that they're all dead that or 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 who's behind like like what's the real story like like oh okay it's it's hard for me to explain like you're you're saying that maybe um the the easier thing to believe is that i actually killed my my parents where there could be a harder truth to deal with and right right a harder truth that she can't deal with right so she'd rather take the responsibility Like she would rather imagine it that she's at fault. She's done it. I think that, I think that what we have, we have to believe what she's told us so far and what pattern says to her in this chapter where he tries to reassure her. I don't think there's anything more going on, but the fact that she can't or that she is losing her identity and her ability to even remember events is very troubling. Remember I was telling you that that was my fear for her is that she will lose herself. Right. We won't be able to find Shalon anymore. What I love. Oh, my highlight. I don't know if it's my total highlight yet, but it, it could be. We haven't even started the chapter yet and you're throwing out highlights. This is awesome. I'm throwing out a highlight. I'm throwing in a highlight because it's just, it's so amazing. The fact that, that in the text, it'll say that Vale grabbed the cup of, uh, you know, of, of the horn eater white. Mm-hmm. But then it says that Shalon coughed. Yeah. So Vale grabs the cup. Drinks it. Shalon coughs. Right. Do you know how much I love that? It's so mixed, It's, it's right? incredible. Yeah. Well, because Shalon is the one who's not in control. Vale wouldn't cough. Right. So in the text, it says Shalon coughs. Right. She's, Shalon's the it's weak amazing. one, not Vale. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. just a thing in the language. It's, I, I don't know. It's just that little thing, just highlight for me it must have been very difficult for him to write something like this where he's constantly having to remind himself Mm. the of the different personalities right like (laughs) he's he is uh, and i mean i don't pretend to know what the machinations of what's going on of mr sanderson yeah of the mental mental curlicues that are going on in there but he has to be just as as um shattered or (laughs) You know, uh, you know, it, like he's in a million places, but it's all, but it's all part of a pattern. I think, I think that, that you could say that about most writers, I think, right? Like yeah. the writers are, are, are shattered 
you know, pieces of, of all these different characters that they are, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't think that's why I ever was able to take to writing. I couldn't put myself in the shoes of these different people. All my writing mm-hmm. all sounded like it was me, but like he does an right. expert job right. here. Like you point out that there are different moments where Vale is in control and then oh. Shalon's in control or not even that Shalon's in control that Vale allows Shalon to to poke through so that this way Shalon can be the one coughing, yeah. not her kind of thing. Yeah it's, yeah. it's fucking mental, bro. It's, it's awesome. It's brilliant. It's really exciting. And, uh, okay, let's, let's try to dive into it. Well, we've said enough about the title. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, here we have the pattern symbol, which yeah. I think is the pattern symbol mm-hmm. on the page. Um, the excerpt is you cannot have a spice described to you but must taste it for yourself. This really fits with this chapter because this is Shalon saying, look, if I'm really going to be Vale and be and have her background, I need to be more immersed with these people. Right. And she also needs to be more immersed as Vale. She says it at some point right at the beginning. She can't mm-hmm. just wear Vale as a, a an illusion as anymore. A, she needs yeah. to be Vale. Yeah. Well, it starts off, Shalon became Vale. She uses stormlight to make her face less youthful, more angular. Her nose becomes pointed. A small scar on her chin. I couldn't help but think she's channeling a little Harrison Ford there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. A little, uh, little scar in the chin action. Um, her hair rippled from red to a lefty black. She could maintain this for hours on a smidgen of stormlight. Veil tossed aside the hava, pulling on trousers, shirt, boots, long white coat and hat. A simple glove on the left hand. Mm-hmm. I love how, so tiny highlight, you know, it, it, it passes by so quickly, but to linger on it is just a delightful thing to do. Chapter starts off, Shalon became Vale. Next paragraph after, after the first, Vale tossed aside the Hava. Mm-hmm. So we, that's how quickly we go. Shalon became Vale. Now it switches and it's Vale. Yeah, Vale is now the character. She's the main character for this chapter. Right. Right. Love it. Yeah. It just just that little uh. one of the one of the little like technical things I like here is that um it making an illusion like this took a larger gem of stormlight. So making the illusion yep. takes right. a lot of stormlight, but maintaining right. it takes smidgen, very yeah. little. So well, she could walk around. It specifically says a smidgen. Yeah. Like it's very very small amount. A, a, a like, smidgen? A smidgen, like a punch of salt. Right. It's just a of salt. It's a punch. But to, I like uh, the fact that like it's complicated to create, but not to be. Right? Right. It's hard for Shalon yeah. to create Vale, but for Vale to walk around as Vale, it doesn't right. take a lot. Doesn't take a lot. It's no. easy. <laughs> there was an easy way to hide, as she was finding out. Vale hadn't suffered as Shalon had, and she was tough enough to handle that sort of thing anyway. Becoming her, becoming Vale was like settling, was like setting down a terrible burden, like a bridge. Mm -hmm. It really is, isn't it? It always comes back to that. Doesn't it seem to? It's funny. It always comes back to that. But again, what I wrestle with is, okay, you can become Vale and hide and put down the bridge, but hasn't part of this story, this epic saga, this tale that we're reading hasn't part of it been to teach us that carrying the bridge isn't necessarily a bad thing Hmm. right so it's kind of that whole thing of should you set it down 
Should you put your bridge down or should you pick it up? I think that there's also a little something to say that we all have a bridge to carry. Mm-hmm. Right? We all have something we have to carry with us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the black thorn, an actual bridge, or yeah, you know, your parents bridge. being killed, right? Yeah. So by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. Hopefully <clears throat> the conspicuous knife handle sticking out of the top of her outfit would look natural, even intimidating. Uh, the part at the back of her mind that was still Shalon, even, even the way that's worded, Sean, that there, that there is a part at the back of her mind that was Shalon still as she is veiled, yeah, right? Yeah. She's worried about this. Would she look fake? Would she be able to have the right behavior, the dress mm-hmm. and the speech to be able to pull this off? She tied another knife onto her belt, a long one, not quite a sword in length. Veil wasn't light-eyed, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we get to know a little more about Vale yeah. right there. Fortunate not to be light-eyed. Right. No light-eyed woman would be able to prance around so obviously armed. Well, Vale asks, turning to the wall where Pattern was, hang- was, was hung. Mmm, he says. Good lie. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Not like the other. What, the Radiant? You slip in and out of her, Pattern says. Like the sun behind clouds. I like that a lot. Me too. Because she's it's radiant, my... right? She's the sun. Yeah, I like it a lot. Behind clouds. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect image. It, I've got it highlighted here. And not a bad alternate title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, I just need more practice, Vale says. Yes, that voice sounded excellent. Shalon was getting far better with sounds. You see, again, it's Shalon getting better with the sounds, right. not Vale. Vale said... I just need more practice. Right. right. And then it's and then Shalon's Shal- the one who's getting better at doing the f- sounds. Yeah. I, oh, sh- uh, what, what's, the, what's the right way? Je t'aime? Je t'aime. Mm. I love, mm, it's so good. In uh, the same it, sentence to go from Vale to Shalon. Yeah. That is honestly, I, it's one of my serious highlights of this, of this particular chapter. That's great. She picks pattern up, which involved pressing her hand against the wall, letting him pass over her skin and then onto her coat. Oh, I love that image. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. It's a little Um, bit creepy too, but I like it. Like, I really like it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, I love, I love it. I love that he becomes patterns on what she can wear. Yeah. Like on her collar or on her dress. Like, yeah. Like a, like a damask or a, you know, paisley or a strata, like embossing. Exactly. The first moon had risen violet. And this was Selas. Mm-hmm. She was the least bright of the moons, which meant it was mostly uh, dark out. Okay, I paused here for a minute just mm-hmm. on that and I said, huh, first moon. Sorry. Right. <coughs> Pardon me. Let's try that again. First moon, least bright. The progression of the moons, do they get brighter? Do they become more radiant? Hmm. It's possible. We've, uh, because that in and of itself could be a little like foreshadowing little clue mm-hmm. to the progression of characters, would, the development. I would assume that I, means that Salas is probably the moon that's farthest away from the planet because it's the smallest one. Um, mm. I don't know. Um, we don't, there seems to be a lot of, the, Sanderson really mentions the moons a lot in mm-hmm. this series. Um, or has his characters kind of like take notice of them. They know, Nomon is the, um, the middle moon, which is like, you know, kind of bluish. Um, so Ooh. yeah, it's, um, 
it's, there a it's hint maybe there too? Because the first moon is violet. If you're the least radiant, is there a clue with violet? Mm. With purple? Uh, who has purple eyes in this? I don't want to say it. Nav- I know Navani that there's been has, a character. Navani has purple eyes. For, for sure? For, for real? Reals, yeah. Okay. I thought it was Dalinar. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think he's just got like light, like light, uh, like. Are you joking with me, or does she actually? No, I do know that Navani has violet eyes. I know that there's one character. That's all. Oh, okay. You don't. You're shutting me down already. Okay. Well, well, no. Okay. Well, I didn't remember that it was Navani who had violet eyes. Right. But I remember reading that there were some characters with violet eyes or violet hair. Yeah. So I that could be a clue. Like you're you're the least radiant. Like the least. Like you're the furthest away least, from this thing. Now, uh, trustworthy, least. Uh, I know. She's. Oh, oh, okay. But, but, okay. okay. But, but my little pointer theory, <laughs> I, I know, it, it I know. still, it still stands. Saying. Okay. Yeah. I, I like the, I like the idea of thinking about, um, eye color and what it could mean as a right. metaphor. I do like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Most rooms on the outside of these small, um, balconies of her, sorry, sorry. Most rooms on the outside had these small balconies, but hers actually is 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 kind of larger, but it also had steps going down mm-hmm. to the field below. Covered in furrows for water and ridges for planting rock buds, the field also had boxes on the edges for growing tubers or ornamental plants. I thought this was cool, um, just in terms of the images. And also, as she's going out uh, here, she gets into these areas that become like lone corridors. Yeah. So such a, like a, a stark contrast to, um, well, from when she came, she steps down onto the field in the darkness, her breath puffed out. We get cold spring here mm-hmm. that grew up around her feet. Um, who knew where Marais and his ghost bloods had operatives, right? Cause she was trying to be all like, she, she's trying to be very stealthy here. Right. She's concerned about leaving her room, whether she needs to do that or not. Mm-hmm. But she already knows she's been watched. She's been contacted in Urethiru. Right. She ha- she's like, I have to assume they're always watching me. Right. They hadn't contacted her since the day in Urethiru, but she knew they'd be watching. She still didn't know what to do about them. They had admitted to assassinating Yasna, which should be grounds enough to hate them. They also seem to know things, important things about the world. Right. So like she's weighing the vengeance... And justice mm-hmm. for Yasna versus knowledge. And there's a scholarly p- part of her yeah. that craves that knowledge and, and knows how important that knowledge could be for them to be able to survive all of this that's coming, right? So. Vale strolled through the corridor, carrying a small hand lamp for light. As a sphere would make her stand out, she passed evening crowds that kept the corridors of Sabariel's quarter as busy as his war camp had been. Things had never seemed to slow down here as much as they did in Dalinar's quarter. I really like these little differences mm-hmm. with Sabariel's markets and things that he has up and running, defying the orders of Navani with regards to how things should go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, mer- the merchants are doing that as well. Yeah, just veil. Navani wanted Sorry. to design it so that it was harder to have, harder to have crime and to have like black market dealings, like no right. alleyways. She wanted and it none regulated. Yeah. yeah, and Sabariel pushed back against that. I think realizing you need to have those things in a market, like in order for the market to be successful, you needed to have the things you think you might not want. Right. 
which is really cool. Right. <laughs> you need me on that wall. <laughs> right. Just, sorry, it's just reminding me of, of Nicholson and uh, a few a uh, few good men. Um. Just Vale and those lonely, endless tunnels, she felt as if she could sense the weight of the other levels of the tower, empty and unexplored, bearing down on her, a mountain of unknown stone. Mm-hmm. Again, just bringing up the burden above, yeah. like, just so just walking through Urethiru, just feeling like, you know, the bridge becomes what's above you, what is unexplored. It's also another time where she mentions there that she, this city tower mountain mm. is unknown to her she's having a hard mm-hmm. time knowing, knowing it we yeah so it's another mm-hmm. reminder about that i like him pattern says who the swordsman hmm the one you can't mate with yet can we please stop talking about him that way very well pattern says but i like him you hate his sword i have come to understand pattern says growing excited humans Humans don't care about the dead. You build chairs and doors out of corpses. You eat corpses. You make clothing from the skins of corpses. Corpses are things to you. Isn't well, that I guess, awesome? I guess that's true. Yeah, it is. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. yeah. You make a, chairs a, and tables out of corpses? Yeah. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> We're obsessed with corpses. Yeah. Um. It is grotesque, he continues, but you all must kill and destroy to live. It is the way of the physical realm, so I should not hate Adolin Colin for for wielding a corpse. You just like him, Vale says, because he tells Radiant to respect the sword. Mm, Yes, very, very nice man. Wonderfully smart, too. (laughs) (laughs) To respect the sword, that's funny. Which is him, yeah, yeah. Why don't you marry him, then? Pattern buzzes. Is that? No, that's not an option. <laughs> Pattern's <laughs> so like, good. maybe I'll marry him then. Maybe I will. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a, a isn't that like a Pee Wee Herman thing? Oh, why don't what? you marry him? I think yeah. I might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, he settled down into a contented buzz on her coat where he appeared as a strange kind of embroidery. After a short time walking, Shalon found that she needed to say something more. Pattern... Do you remember what you said to me the other night, the first time we became radiant? About dying? It may be the only way, Shalon. Mm, you must speak truths to progress, but you will hate me for making it happen. So, I can die, and once done, you can... No, no, please, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. But you hate me. I hate myself, too, she whispers. Just please, don't go. Don't die. Pattern seemed pleased by this as his humming increased through his, though his sounds of pleasure and his sounds of agitation could be similar. Why put that in? Um, it's funny because this is one of those moments where she reverts back to Shalon because it says, you know, um, it says, uh, uh, right here. Veil let herself be distracted. Maybe the only way Shalon and then she's like, she's talking as Shalon here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, I, uh, I just think it's sorry go ahead no no i was just gonna say that I, I i think that she really means it she's tired of having people leave her you know her mom her dad she had to leave her brothers mm-hmm. uh capsule yasna she doesn't want pattern to go she might hate no. the sword 
She might try, like, might, (laughs) she not, not just might, she creates a whole personality so that she can hold the sword and deal with it, but she does, definitely doesn't want pattern to leave. Don't leave me. Well, it's, she says, I hate myself too. And I think that's the real kicker here is Mm -hmm. you don't hate the sword. You hate what happened. You hate the memories. You hate the pain. You hate yourself. You're, you're, you're cold, you're collating and putting, putting this hatred onto a sword by shying away from it. But that's not really what you hate. Mm -hmm. You hate what happened or you hate these memories or you hate what you're hiding from or you hate yourself. That's more, I think, closer to the truth than anything Mm -hmm. else. I do love that she's like begging him, just please don't go, don't die. Right. Because everyone, because so many others have. Yeah. In her her life. Including uh, Helleran. Yeah, Helleran. Tin. She had to kill Tin. Like she yeah, gets I was close thinking to these, about Tin when she gets brought up here. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she, she gets close to people and either, either she kills them or they die. Or, or marries them or, or gets she, betrothed. She either, she either marries them or I'm kills either going to kill you. It's like, so <laughs> I married an axe murderer. That's it. But Shalon's the, <laughs> the axe murderer. Yeah. Um, no, what, what I was finding interesting here, but pattern was, it says here that his sounds of pleasure and his sounds of agitation could be similar. Mm-hmm. So she's saying to him, please don't die. And then his humming changes when she says, don't die. Is he humming because he's he's okay with that mm -hmm. or agitated? Right. Does he want, she can't tell. She can't tell. Right. But is that something we should think about to her? He said to her, you're going to kill me. You're going to be, remember yeah, he said that to her before you're going to hate me. Yeah, you hate me. You're going to hate me and you're going to, and you're going to kill me. Yeah. And but it's what be- I'm asking you is hmm. does pattern want to die? Does he want to, I don't does think he, he want to wants die? to die. I think he's willing to die. Okay. To okay. make sure that Shalon keeps progressing. Cause remember he said, okay. they'll just send someone else. They'll send oh, another, another, another spren. Yeah. They'll send another spren to you. You can kill me. You don't have to, you don't have to use me as a sword oh, anymore. Who's and they, by the way, the cryptics, the cryptics are organized such that they send one kind of like themselves what, uh, the cul- cultivation spren did with Windle. Remember Windle's like the, the ring. So their council made a decision and we picked you. I was going to get sent to the, the, sh- the cobbler, but I got oh, sent to you. Yeah. So it sounds like the same thing is going on with the cryptics. Hmm. The cryptics have right. decided that Shalon's important enough to have um, um, a spren, right? This is so complicated. It's so, it's so crazy cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, like the spren. Are there books just about the spren? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't answer questions about the future, bro. <sighs> I can't. Okay. I don't right, want to screw let's... up your timeline. Let's get back in here. Okay. Uh, Vale thought that perhaps... Okay. Adolin continued his efforts to find the murderer, but hadn't gotten very far. Aladar was high prince of information and his policing force and scribes were a resource, but Adolin wanted badly to do as his father had asked. Mm -hmm. Vale thought that perhaps both were looking in the wrong places. Mm Mm-hmm. I like this. I like Vale turning into the sleuth here. I love it, man. I absolutely Isn't love it. Isn't it great? Yeah. It's so good. 
She finally saw lights ahead and quickened her pace, eventually stepping out onto a walkway around a large cavernous room that stretched up several stories. She had reached what they call the breakaway, a vast collection of tents lit by many flickering candles, torches, or lanterns. Mm -hmm. The market had sprung up shockingly fast in defiance of Navani's carefully outlined plans. Her idea had been for a grand thoroughfare with shops along the sides, no alleyways, no shanties or tents, easily patrolled and carefully regulated. But the merchants had mm. rebelled against this, yeah. complaining about the lack of storage or the need to be closer to a well for fresh water. In reality, they wanted a larger market that was much harder to regulate. Mm -hmm. Sabariel, as High Prince of Commerce had agreed, and despite having made a mess of his ledgers, he was sharp when it came to trade. Right. So, I, so this is so the part cool, I was talking dude. about earlier that like Sabariel yeah. understands the need for a messy marketplace. You need to have mm -hmm. open market and you also need to have black market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Again, it's, compl it's, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, what I love, I, this is a little highlight for me, is going into describing the markets. It, mm -hmm. It's the kind of, it's the kind of bit of text or world building that we all kind of read and don't really take in mm -hmm. um, very well, but there's so much being described here. I just thought it was a really neat thing to imagine the rebellion from, from the market. Like you've got these merchants that are kind of like wanting to set the tone for the market. Like mm -hmm. this is what we need. Like you, you can decide on this well-regulated, yep. um, market that you envision, but we don't require this. We, we need more space. We need, we need to be able to do transactions that, that you can't track. Right. Right. And it, it, it serves another purpose in the market that you can't comprehend. No, because, uh, uh, and someone like Sabariel who knows commerce yeah. realizes that you need yeah. these things in order for the economy to thrive. Right. It's so much like, like real world politic in yeah. terms of like more regulations mm -hmm. to, to do business or fewer. Or, it makes me, it makes me wonder what a game DM'd by Sanderson would be like. Like yeah. with, like with this kind of like intricate world building yeah. stuff, like it would be yeah. so interesting to play. Like, I mean, yeah. I would, I would love to, I mean. Mr. Sanderson, if I you're know. listening, I know you're probably not, but if you are, please, if can you're ever going to run a game with you, yeah, can you run a game for us? It can be Stormlight. It can be the Brotherwise Games, uh, uh, RPG that comes out eventually, but, uh, man, that would be so cool. That would be a dream come true. Can we win a, can we have a contest to win, yeah, like a giveaway? Uh, to win the opportunity to, yeah. uh, to, to be a part of a Sanderson D&D? Yeah. That would be brilliant. Um, commerce. Okay. The chaos and variety of the market excited Vale. I like that about her, about mm -hmm. Vale. She likes the variety. Hundreds yeah. of people, despite the hour, attracting spren of a dozen varieties. Sean, highlight. Not only is the market varied from all the war camps and all the peoples here are varied, the spren too. Yeah. Yeah, it's I awesome. love it. It's yeah. like another population, another, yeah. just another level of complexity to this area. I, I guess, again, I loved imagining, what's it called again? The breakaway. Yeah. The breakaway. Yeah. Love this. The breakaway. Honestly, it's a highlight of mine for sure. Dozens upon dozens of tents of varied colors and designs. In fact, some weren't tents at all, but were better described as stands. Others were actual buildings. Again, the complexity with regards to what 
you know, our, how you're conducting business. Right. You know, stalls, tents, or a couple of boxes and a, and a, and a, and a, and a plank, mm-hmm. you know, merchants from all 10 original war camps mixed at the breakaway. She passed three different cobblers in a row. Vale had never understood why merchants selling the same things congregated. Wouldn't it be better to set up where you wouldn't have competition, literally next door? I never so understood I have, that I have either. Little, I never understood so, that in our world either. Like you literally have like three or four pot shops all in a row. Like, why would you do that? So here's the little lesson that I'm going to throw in. Yes, please. Because, because we're stronger together. Okay. The merchants, the merchants kind of have this idea that, you know, on your own, that's one thing. And it's kind of been a theme in this, in this series a little bit. Okay. We're stronger together. If I don't have, if I don't have what you need, my neighbor does. Right. He's got it. And, and if, and if that's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to him. Right. He'll refer. Right. right. If he, hmm. if he doesn't have what you need, I, I will. Okay. Now, I, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, that's to, the way I, Joe I, next I sort door. Of, Joe's got your, uh, yeah. your thing that you're looking for. Joe's got you covered. And then, you know, it, it, it I don't know, it encourages a little, I don't know, a little bit of competition, you know, play, play, playful competition, little camaraderie, something to, to share your, your tales of success and woes at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, I, I like the idea of though, of stronger together. I really yeah, like, I like that. that too. It's, 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 it's interesting. Merchants. Okay. So stronger together. Okay. Let's go with that. The market grew like the snarl of wildlife and plants on a leeward side of a ridge. I like that. I like that this place is alive. It really, it really I lo- feels like I love like that it. the most. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's alive and thriving and you know, okay, I won't say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No, no. Um, say what, say what you're going to say. <laughs> Well, it's alive and thriving with all this variety and whatever, but that's not quite what Navani wanted. Right. Okay. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I, I will say this. It's not look, as brilliant I, as I'm giving her the benefit Navani of the doubt. Is, she's as, thinking of the, I, I fully am giving her the benefit of the doubt. I think that she's got her head in the right place. She wants it organized. You know, she doesn't want the alleyways. I get it. She, I get it. She doesn't know best in this situation right okay so there you go she just doesn't know best i didn't mean to insinuate anything else she just thinks she knows best right and in this case we realize that sabariel and these merchants actually are the ones who know best can i just can i just go on a tangent here for knows best knows best go ahead tangled mother knows best oh Oh, it's a good one yeah it's like one of your favorite ones eh? favorite absolutely yeah mother knows best are you kidding yeah anyway um, she made her way to the ta- cavern's central well, a large round enigma. Oh, I love the use of the word enigma to describe this well. Oh, yeah. love that. This round enigma that rippled with creme-free water. And it's not just an enigma, maybe in the way that it looks. It's an enigma because the water doesn't run out. Right. It doesn't even go down. Mm-hmm. They don't even know where the source of the water is. Yeah, they don't is. even know where it comes from. So I would, that was one of my mysterious questions I was going to ask you. Like, what's and the deal? And it's creme-free water. They don't even have to do anything. They don't even right. have to let it sit and separate. No. It's just what, good what drinkable is water. This, what is this thing? I don't know. There's, Dra- is there more to, more to this well? Dragon pee, I think, maybe. <laughs> Come on. It's tasty. 
Come that's on. What, that's what Dasani Give is. Give me I the think. goods. I want to know about this well. She's, um, okay. She'd never seen an actual well before. Everyone normally used cisterns that refilled with the storms. The many wells in Urathira, however, never ran out. The water mm-hmm. level didn't even drop, despite being constantly drawing from them. This is a magical right. place, bro. I know, but I, I, there's got to be a story there. There's got to be a story there. I want to know. Scribes talked about the possibility of a hidden aquifer in the mountains, but where would the water come from? The snows at the tops of the peaks nearby didn't seem to melt, and rain fell very rarely. Mm-hmm. Well, Vale sits on the well, one leg up. I love this. She listens to the women chatter about the Voidbringers, about family back in Alvcar, and about the strange new storm. She listens to the men worrying about being pressed into the military or about their dark-eyed non being lowered now that there weren't parchment to do the common work. And she listens to some light-eyed workers complaining about supplies trapped back in Iraq, waiting for stormlight before they could be transferred here. I like that she's listening to everyone. Yeah. You know who does that too? Gather. You know who learned that lesson? Was who? Lyft. She learned that lesson, remember? I to will listen to, listen to those right. who, yeah. Yeah. I can't interrogate too hard to get my answer, she thought. If I ask the wrong kind of questions, everyone will figure me for some kind of a spy for Aladar's policing force. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, for sure. Trying to get answers for this, for this murder that's been committed. This, what's, it, what's it called? What's the chapter again? Double, double, double vision. vision? Double murder. Vale, Vale didn't hurt. She was comfortable and confident she'd meet people's eyes. She'd lift her chin in challenge to anyone who seemed to be sizing her up. Power was an illusion of perception. Yet again, something that Yasna taught her mm-hmm. that now she's keeping with her. Or at least something that Yasna taught Shalon and that Vale now is using because Vail, right. if, if Sanderson is writing them as two different characters, we should probably start thinking of them as two separate characters. Right. And that's, right? My, that's my concern. Right. Yeah. Vale had her own kind of power, that of a lifetime spent on the streets, knowing she could take care of herself. She had the stubbornness of a chull, and while she was cocky, that confidence was a power of its own. She got what she wanted and wasn't embarrassed by success. Oh, man, I love that. It's like a fully fledged, fully flushed out character. Right. She She's had her own kind of power, that of a lifetime spent on the streets, knowing she could take care of herself. Literally, <sighs> she's spent no lifetime on the streets. None. Dude. No, none, but dude. Remember we talked about the, what, like the theme of this mm-hmm. book being like memories? Yeah. That's the extent that Shalon can go, is to give Vale memories. Right. Right. That's how deep she needs to go. She can't yeah. be Shalon wearing Vale's face. Vale yeah. has to be her own person in order for this to work. With Dude. a full-fledged backstory. Like, literally, Vale is the, is the person that shows up at D&D on a Sunday night and is in, like, full costume. And everyone's like, uh, we, uh, we didn't say we were doing costumes, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then the person's like, I am Fifflethorpe. Montgomery. <laughs> I like your I like your uh, your little voice there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'm 
there's no way okay i'll just i'll just blurt this out because i'm just thinking about it out loud um there's no way that we come to find out that shalon is the illusion right i mean do you want to know the end of the book like asking questions no. like that no but i just mean like you know I'm just trying to, it's hard for me to keep it all together in terms of how it's communicated. That like, is a people very are... vast question, my friend. That's okay. a very big question. And because people know, like the characters that we've met can verify her family, right? Like mm -hmm. her, her family existed. Do we know that there's other characters that have well, we, I mean, verified we, their existence? We spent the entire last book living through her memories, living through her flashbacks. Right, but middle fest again, and you know, all that but stuff. But those can right? be, I know, but flashbacks can be memories. What, what, you're, I, what, you're what I'm doing talking about right is, now, you're doing what Shalon does like two chapters from now when she's like, Pattern, d like, is anything real? Like, you're, yeah. quite, you're literally questioning if well, anything's this real chapter, right now. Bro, this chapter did it, dude. Right. Right. I'm unglued with regards to this. So now, so what I'm trying to think of is, don't laugh at me. I'm trying to, <laughs> Sorry, but I like the unglued thing. It's, I'm, it's funny. I'm trying unglued. Okay. I need some glue here, people. Little Elmer's over here. Um, I, I need, um, yeah. I need, like, I, glue. I, I need some rub, rubber cement if you got it. Um, um, no, I, I'm feeling that do we know characters... I should be able to ask you this because it would involve words of radiance and way of mm -hmm. kings. Okay. Do we have characters that can verify her father's existence, brother's existence? Do we have any other characters that we're dealing with in other narratives? So mm -hmm. such as Lyft, mm -hmm. uh, Adolin, others that can verify Helleran. Well, um, I guess we have, uh, we have, um, Kaladin, are we sure? Cal Kaladin killed Helleran, so he definitely we, existed. Are we sure Helleran, that was the name of the, of the person that, that he killed? I mean, killed? Kaladin ended up taking, getting that blade and Amaram ended up getting it. And Shalon saw the blade and was like, oh my God, that's my brother's blade. So there's no, connections when, there. I know, but what I'm asking you is in Way of Kings. Mm -hmm. Or words. When, or words, yeah. No, when when Kaladin killed Halloran, right? Did it did it describe him exactly as such that we get the description of Halloran? I, I think it's the same description: a red-haired Vaden youth, which is what how Halloran is described. The other the other thing I will say is that um, when Shalon, dude, was brought I'm to court freaking out here at a, sh a, sh a shattered plains. Um, they did talk about her family as being in trouble and that they had heard yeah. that this family had been in trouble before and then found a new deposit of ores. So like, so the name, the Devar oh family God. has entered into the knowledge of other characters away from Shalon. Right. The name of the family, but oh dude, this could be huge. If Shalon is the illusion. I, and the only way to really sleuth it is to go back. It's, and reread it? Know. Yeah, I don't okay, know if, you know I, what? if well, I'd be able to do that. Why don't we stop the pod now? We'll go back and reread everything. And... <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, anyways, the, the point is, is I'm just, I'm trying to search in my memory of like another character that interacted, another character that interacted with her brothers, let's mm -hmm. say, or her father even. Okay. 
yeah. that we are interacting with now. That's what I'm asking. And I, and I, and I can't think of one. So that means what that unfortunately may mean is that I have to consider that Shalon could be like really mixed up. Like this could be a very so different. In one of the flashbacks and remember the flashbacks are not the characters remembering their life. Yeah. The flashbacks are us going back and reading about their life. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's not like Shalon sat by a fire and said, let me tell you the story of my life and then went no, and no. lied about everything. We are reading no. those moments right. in okay. her life. And Hoyd, Wit, did meet her at Middlefest. So he is another character who interacted with the Devar family. He had a meeting with the father, said, listen, I saw Halloran. He wants me to send you a message. And then also had an interaction with, with Shalon when he kind of nudged her and the ability to do some illusion magic. So I, I don't know that I can dissuade you from this thought, but I would say no. that I no. think that it's, it's okay for you it's, to have it because this, yeah. the, the Shalon is becoming unhinged and for you to reflect that is sort of fitting. Yeah. Okay. It's too, it's too... <laughs> It's too complicated for me to think about anyway. I can't wait for but, all the um, memes. I can't wait for all the memes where it's going to be like the guy from Always Sunny and it's just going to be Jack's face instead with like the yarn and the conspiracy theory board and like, uh, like I can't wait for all the memes about this. So it's going to be great. Is this going up on the board of wacky theories too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't think it's out that far. I don't think it's here. wacky. I, I, I just can't wait to see what people, how people react to uh, <laughs> This almost meltdown on the show. Well, I am melting a little bit because I mean, okay, dude, talk about the, it's the carpet being pulled out from, out from under you. Which, which if one? The carpet out, that was once dude, white? If it, yeah, exactly. That was once white. If it turns out Shalon is the illusion that's going to blow, if that's re, even remotely possible, that's going to blow my mind. I mean. That's, that's actually, it's going to hurt because it's going to be like, what? Like. And then were there clues along the way? Like, what, like that's why, I, that's why I tried to ask you the most basic question I could, which is, is there another character that interacted with the dad or the brothers to verify their existence? Yes, you're right that the, that her, the, Wit the Devar did. family was... Wit did. Wit, so Wit did. Okay. And you're right. I forgot about that. Um, when Middle he g- gave her the message about, uh, mm-hmm. about Halloran. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, to, to cut, uh, I, we could literally cut this whole conversation out and just answer your question. Yes, Wit did. I, uh, I'm Wit not going to cut it because I'm going to leave it all in because it's all really juicy. All right. There you go. Now that we've talked all about that, I forgot where I am. Um, Aladar's policing force. Vale didn't hurt. No, Vale had her own kind of power that a lifetime spent. Yeah. I love this going in, into her past. We discussed giving her memories, which I think is mm-hmm. the next step here. The first bar she chose was inside a large battle tent. It smelled of spilled lavish beer and sweaty bodies. Men and women laughing, uh, usually overturned crates as tables and chairs. Um, most of the people here were simple dark-eyed uh, and wore dark-eyed clothing, lace shirts, no money or time for buttons. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a low-end tavern and likely wouldn't work for her needs, but... She needs a place that was lower, yet somehow richer, more disreputable, but with access to the powerful members of the war camp undergrounds. I love that she walks into this bar and like right away identifies that this isn't the place she needs. Not quite. This is a shitty place, but not the right kind of shitty. Not the right. 
Yeah. I like how it's, she needs a place that's lower, but richer. Right. It's complex. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. Yeah. Still, this seemed a good place to practice. The bar was made of stacked boxes and had some actual chairs be beside it. Veil vale leaned against the bar in what she hoped was a, was a smooth way <laughs> and nearly knocked the boxes over. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so she's trying to be cool and knock the boxes <laughs> over. Yeah. Um, she stumbled catching them and then smiled sheepishly at the bartender, an old dark-eyed woman with gray hair. What do you want? The woman says. Wine, Vale says. Sapphire. We got Vari, Kimmick, and a nice barrel of Veden. That one will cost you, though. Uh, Adolin would have known the difference. Give me the Veden. Seemed appropriate. Mm -hmm. The woman made her pay first. Sabariel wanted the liquor flowing and would make sure that tensions didn't get too high. And he had subsidized the prices with low taxes for now. Dude. Again, highlight. Yeah. Like, the re like, he need. I love that Sabariel, again, understands the complexity, mm -hmm. and he says, look, it's better that the alcohol flows a little bit. It's going to bring tensions down. If there's no alcohol, it could increase the yeah. tensions. If I raise now, taxes on everything, no one will be able to afford anything. So I, right. want the, I want the market, the economy to start. And then once right. it's started and it's in place, then we can bring up the taxes a little bit. Right. Yeah, it's really I just, brilliant. I love, I love that. Mm -hmm. While the woman worked behind her improvised bar, Vale suffered beneath the gaze of one of the bouncers. Huh. I love this Despite bouncer. what Al... I know, me too. Yeah. Jor. Yeah. Despite what Aladar's policing force would like, this place was not, this place was not completely safe. If unexplained murders had been glossed over or forgotten, they would have happened in the breakaway where the clutter, worry, and press of tens of thousands of camp followers balanced on the edge of lawlessness. Mm -hmm. The barkeep plunked a cup in front of Vale, a tiny cup with a clear liquid in it. You got mine wrong, barkeep. I ordered sapphire. What is this, water? The bouncer nearest Vale snickered, and the barkeep stopped in place, then looked her over. Apparently, Shalon had already made one of those mistakes she'd been worried about. Right. Not fail. Vail. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Kid, the bar, the bar keep says, that's the same stuff just without the fancy infusions the light eyes put in theirs. Infusions? You some kind of house servant, the woman asked softly. Out for your first night on your own? Of course not, Vale says. I've done this a hundred times. Sure, sure, the woman replies. You certain you want that? I might have some wines back here done with light-eyed colors for you. In fact, I, I know I've got a nice orange. She mm. reaches to reclaim the cup. V vale seizes it and knocks the entire thing back in a single gulp. That proved to be one of the worst mistakes of her life. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gulp. One of the worst mistakes of my life. I regret nothing. The liquid burned. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the liquid burned like it was on fire. She felt her eyes go wide and she started coughing and almost threw up right there in the bar. That was wine. Tasted more like lye. What was wrong with these people? There was, there was no sweetness to it at all. Not even with a hint of flavor. I love that she is thinking about it under the terms that she... Oh, see, now I'm... Now I'm <laughs> see, now I'm, it's complicated for me now. Yeah. Well, bec 
dude, if that rug's going to be pulled, what I know as Shalon is a light-eyes woman right. who would like the sweet taste of wine. Right. Right? But now, if that's in any way going to be threatened, so, so when I'm reading this, it's much more complicated. I would, I would say just, just trust the text. If trust there the text. are, if there are any, like, if you really want to go forward with this, this, uh, this thought in your head, which is great. I, I, I think it's great. It'll, it's going to make for good podcasting and it's, you know, there, you have reason to be questioning this. I say, keep your eyes well, open she... for everything in the text now and make notes of it. That's it. Just that burning sensation, like someone was scraping her throat with a scouring brush. Her face immediately grew warm. It hit her so fast. The bouncer was holding his face, trying and failing not to laugh out loud. The barkeep patted Shalon on the back as she kept coughing. Here, the woman said, let me get you something to chase that. No, Shalon croaked. I'm just happy to be able to drink this again after so long. Another, please. Okay. Again, I, m- I mentioned it earlier. It's Shalon that's coughing, not Bale. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Love I, that. Shalon. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, there's, there's another little thing happening here, which I really love, is mm-hmm. that um, Shalon's inexperience in her task right now is showing, right? Yep. She's going to get drunk. And then yes. at the very end of this experience in this tavern, I know we're going we're gonna to get there, but I want to bring it up now. Sure. As we're going through it. Hmm. she's going to use Stormlight to heal yes. her drunkenness. That's right. And then she's going to play it off like she had been pretending the entire time. She was never really drunk. So, like, all of her f- failings at the beginning of this, right. the almost falling when she sat up on the thing, the not yep. knowing what drink it was, the the, yep. oh, the harshness of the drink, pretending right. like she had done it all the time, it can be excused away at the end when she heals herself of that drunkenness right. as she was just playing everybody and she got the information she wanted and she walked out the door. But it, right. that's just a fucking happy accident because all these things that Shalon is experiencing, all these Shalon moments that are poking through yeah. this veil, yeah. oh, right. through this veil, is actually real stuff that's happening to Shalon. And then she's going to be able to use Stormlight to fix it, to go retroactively and say, oh, I was playing you guys the whole time. Right. I, I love this this turn of events here you know like it's just yeah it's it's crazy it's um, like a mr magoo type of <laughs> scenario where he he did he did get, get, do the task at the end but he literally right. stumbled into it right yeah that's funny yeah. bit of luck on her side i think absolutely um shallan placed a sphere on the bar defiant and the barkeep reluctantly filled up her cup again by now, three or four other people from nearby seats had turned to watch. Lovely, Shalon braced herself and then drank the wine in a long, extended gulp. It wasn't any better the second time. She held for a moment, eyes watering, then let out an explosion of coughing. <laughs> that was awful, she said. Then she coughed. You really drink this dreadful liquid? Mm-hmm. Oh, hun, the woman says, that's not nearly as bad as they get. Well, get me another. You sure? Yes, Shalon said with a sigh. It's Shalon back to Shalon. So she must have been like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she could try to accustom herself to drinking this cleaning fluid. So cleaning fluid. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah. She was already feeling lighter. 
Her stomach did not like what she was doing to it, and she shoved down a bout of nausea. Still chuckling, the bouncer moved a seat closer to her. He was a younger man, with hair cut so short it stood up on end. He was an al- as alethi as they came, with a deep tan skin and dusting of black scrub on his chin. You should try sipping it, he said to her. Goes down easier in sips. Great, that way I can savor the terrible flavor. So bitter. Wine is supposed to be sweet. Depends on how you make it. Sapphire can sometimes be distilled tallow. No natural fruit in it. Just some coloring for accent. But they don't serve the really hard stuff at light eyes parties. Except to people who know how to ask for it. Hmm. You know your alcohol, Vale said. The room shook for a moment before settling. Then she tried another drink, a sip, this time. It comes with the job, he says. I work a lot of fancy events for the Light Eyes, so I know my way around a place with tablecloths instead of boxes. Vale grunted. They need bouncers at fancy Light-Eyed events? Sure, he says. You just have to know how to escort someone out of the feast hall instead of throwing them out. It's actually easier, but strangely more dangerous at the same time. Kellek, Vale realized as he scooted closer. He's flirting with me. Yeah. So, bro, this is another moment where not only was I unglued from Shalon's thing of like, you know, saying the pattern about, you know, did I kill my brothers too? Like mm-hmm. all of that, which made mm-hmm. me question yeah, what she was saying. That's coming up in a little bit. Yeah. Right. So not only does that happen, but now with Vale being this other, so much this other person, mm-hmm. when Jor slides over and is flirting with her, yeah. the, it's the first time where I thought, oh my gosh, Shalon or this character well this character right could could be dating different Multiple people. people right right so then i was like okay that's complicated mm-hmm. what happens like we already have kaladin who's you know kind of see a little interested in shalon like yeah. i mean they've had they've and had a couple shalon of is too but we're not really sure know, yeah we're not really sure because yeah. they recognize each yeah they, like they, they they you know you she oh she did ask she 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 confiscated my my boots. How could I forget? Um, so what I delighted in in that moment was thinking, what if we get a moment where um where you know Kaladin meets Vale? Right. Or what if another person or what if what if uh um Adolin meets Vale? Right. Will will there be a bleed? of Shalon between these characters, almost like, um, like watercolor. Mm-hmm. Like, and will you be able to pick up on that bit of Shalon, even though it's, it's not really Shalon, you, you know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. And that could make things more complicated for sure, too. And of, and of course it could increase the, what, what Shalon, the character gets out of these characters. Like, cause you're playing two roles. Yeah. Or multiple roles. Multiple, if you're considering brightness uh, radiant, Dude. that's part of this too. Yes. That's what, four. We're up to four characters. Four? Yeah. We have Shalon Devar. Yeah. We have Vale. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Vale and Radiant. Three, right. Sorry, three. It's only three, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, there's a reason why Folks, we say- I can't like get to four. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that I really love in this moment here is that- Vale uses Kalek as a swear. Kalek. Yep. He's flirting with yep. me. And Shalon right. has uses, never um, used Kalek. No, but Shalon. She uses sa- Shash. 
because uh, Sh- Shash, Shash right. is like you know, or Ash's eyes, which is the same Ash's uh, eyes, yeah, same, yeah. same Harold. She uses that mm-hmm. a lot because of beauty and um, you know, like uh, art and all that stuff. Um, but like we, I don't think I think you could go back through the last two books and never find a moment where Shalon uses Kalek as a swear. That's something that we ascribe to Teft or some more of these hard-nosed soldier types, right? Oh, Sean, I'm freaking out. So, I might may not this may not be able to go into the pod. I'm I'm actually scared of losing Shalon. Like what I know of her right now. And Are you having... you're telling me that you're having deep emotions about potentially losing a character in the series and it can't stay in the pod? This is what the pod's about. People want to know. They want to okay, know right. your fears. They want to know the dangers that you I see am, coming I in the series. I am totally. Well, okay. I I got really attached to the idea concepts of 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 Yasna. We don't get a lot of Yasna, but we got enough where I was like, wow, that's seems like like a character that I would really really like to yeah. like to venerate or admire. You know, it's you know, um, so there are so many qualities in that character that I I was drawn to. So she became sort of the object of my affection, let's mm-hmm. say. Right. Um, or my desire. Um, Shalon, though, you know, what we've got so far, there's there's a lot of, again, you're invested, <laughs> like yeah. you're connected. Mm-hmm. And so if that, if Vale becomes like the true personality and Shalon, like, oh my God, bro. Like, I'm just thinking right now, what if that whole family is dead because of Vale? Or some other character or some other situation or whatever. Like, right. Like that is really making me feel uh, terrible inside. I would just say, like, like I said uh, just a few minutes ago, stick to the script. And if you see anything that may point in that direction, point it out and we will keep track of it. All right. That's all we can do. Well, it's hitting me pretty hard right now just even thinking about it. Um, anyway. Uh, where'd we leave off here? He's flirting with me, right? <laughs> Jor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Initially, she was offended by his attention. Here, she'd gone to all this trouble to make herself capable and hard as rocks. And the first thing she did was attract some guy. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love it. It's amazing. One who cracked his knuckles and tried to tell her how to drink her alcohol. Just despite him, she downed the rest of her cup in a single shot. Shouldn't she be flattered? Granted, Aelin could have destroyed this man in any conceivable way, but Aelin even cracked his knuckles louder. Right. So, the bouncer said, which war camp are you from? Sibariel, Vale said. The bouncer nodded, as if he'd expected that. Sibariel's camp had been the most eclectic. They chatted a little bit longer. The bouncer, his name was Jor, went off on some various stories with tangents. I love that... She's not into this. No. There's something about, you know, the person that saddles up next to you and, hey, hey there. You know, I got what, all these stories for you. What, uh, what war camp are you from? Yeah, I'd come here. Really, I'd really like to, <laughs> yeah, I'd really, really like to not listen to anything you have to say, but, uh, I'd like to uh, hear myself talk for about half an hour. Are you in? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you in? <laughs> are you into that? Because, uh, I, uh, I'd be if I were you. <laughs> Anyways, let me I, tell I, you I love how, how in you are. Yeah, I, I'd love how bored she is and her mind is wandering. She drank some more of the terrible liquid, but found her mind wandering. These people, 
all around her had lives, families, loves and dreams. They, some of them slumped their boxes, they were lonely, others laughed with friends. Some kept their clothing clean, others had stained, were stained with creme and lavasale. Some of them reminded her of tin, the way they talked with confidence, the way their interactions were, a subtle game of one-upping each other. Jor paused for a moment and she thought, oh, what did I miss? Following him was getting harder as her mind drifted. <laughs> so she offered, go on, she says. He smiled and launched into another story. She says, I'm not going to be able to imitate this, not until I've lived it. No more than I could draw their lives without ha having walked among them. Maybe that also could be true then for Urethiru. In order to know it. She's going to walk it. Yeah. You got to walk it and live it. Yep. I totally think that's true. I think that's awesome. Yeah. The barkeep came back with the bottle, and Shalon nodded. That last cup hadn't burned nearly as much as the others. You sure you want some more? The bouncer asked. Storms, she was starting to feel really sick. She'd had four cups. Yes, but they were little cups. I could have told you that you were wasting your time, Jor. The barkeep says, this one will be out before the hour is done. Wonder what she's trying to forget. She's just enjoying a little free time, Jor says. Sure, sure. With eyes like those? I'm sure that's it. With eyes like those? What, what, what's, what's the deal there? Referring to Vale's eyes? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Hey, Jor says, nudging Shalon. Where are you staying? I'll call you a palanquin to cart you home. Are you awake? You should get going before things get too late. I know some porters who can be trusted. It's not even late yet, Shalon mumbles. Late enough, Jor says. This place can get dangerous. Yeah? People get stabbed, she asks. Unfortunately, Jor says. You know of some? Never happens here in this area, at least not yet. Where? So I can stay away. All's Alley, he says. Keep away from there. Someone got stabbed behind one of the taverns just there last night. They found him dead. Real strange, eh? Yeah, you heard? Shalon stood up to go. She found herself slipping down beside her stool, and Jor, Jor tried to catch her, but she hit the ground with a thump, knocking her elbow against the stone floor. She immediately sucked in a little stormlight to help with the pain. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a striking moment, her drunkenness simply vanished. Wow. She stood up without Jor's help. Thanks. But that's exactly the information I need. Barkeep, we settled. The woman turned and then froze, staring at Shalon, pouring liquid into a cup until it overflowed. <laughs> that's good stuff, she noted. Thanks for the conversation, Jor. Stormfather Jor says from behind her, did I just get played for a fool? Yeah. So she spins it very adeptly here, yeah. but it, this was not on purpose. Do you know what I mean? Like the barkeep and the, the bouncer might think that they got played and that this was an, an on purpose thing, but mm -hmm. it is literally, I'm going to say it's a Magoo move for sure. And yeah. she just Magooed it. She, she st stumbled her way into this here. Um, it was still busy out reminding her of Carbranth with its midnight markets. Oh mm -hmm. man, I love that. Midnight markets. I man. love the midnight markets of, uh, Carbranth. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Just even that, I love dreaming about it. Shalon asked around and managed to get pointed toward All's Alley. Oh, you know what? I like that title too. Mm -hmm. The Breakaway. 
yeah. Alls and Alley. Alley. Yeah. I love, oh, I love it. Is like, 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 what do you think there? Alls Alley, like, it's where anything goes. Yeah. Alls. It's all good. Yeah. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it's all here. It's all here, folks. Yeah. The stormlight made me sober, she said to Pattern. Healed you of poison, he says. That will be useful. Yeah, that is mm. useful. I thought you'd be angry, he says. You drank the poison on purpose, didn't you? Yes, but the point wasn't to get drunk. Then why drink it? It's complicated. Yeah, she Shalon, says. it is complicated. Yeah, <laughs> it's complicated. I didn't do a very good job in there of getting drunk. Hmm, you gave it a good effort. As soon as I got drunk, as soon as I lost control, Vale slipped away from me. Vale is just a face. No. Vale was a woman who didn't giggle when she got drunk, or whine, fanning her mouth when she... See, dude, this is... I'm freaking out. Fanning her mouth when the drink was too hard for her, she never acted like a silly teenager. Vale hadn't been sheltered, practically locked away, until she went crazy and murdered her own family. Until she went crazy, right? Yeah, referring she's to Vale. Vale hadn't been sheltered, practically locked away until she went crazy and murdered her own family. Saying Vale didn't do any of those things that Shalon did. Hmm. This is the moment here. This is the moment that's gotten you all frazzled. Shalon stopped Shalon in place. Shalon stopped in place, right. Suddenly frantic. My brother's pattern. I didn't kill them, right? What? He asks. I talked to Balat over Spanreed, Shalon says, hand to her forehead. But I had light weaving then, even if I didn't fully know it. I could have fabricated that. Every message from him. My own memories. Shalon, pattern says. No. They live. Your brothers live. Marais said he rescued them. They are on their way here. This isn't the lie. Can't you tell? So let me ask you a question. Marais did say that to her. I saved your brothers. Right? Right. If the brothers are just an illusion, a figment of this person we call Shalon's imagination... Marais would need to know that as well and be using that against her. But for Marais, there are brothers. He did save them and he's bringing them to her as a show of good faith. Like you're going to stay with the ghost bloods. We take care of our own. Yeah. So Marais might not be the best um, person to be judging all this i guess my question to you is how mm. much do you trust Marais? do you think that he's lying about having her brothers or do you think he he and the ghost bloods do have her brothers and that he he is rescued them from the war in yakaved and will oh. be protecting them how much do you trust I'll, I'll, this character i'll admit that i i don't have the i don't have it in me right now to even be thinking about bringing Marais into this question that I have. Right. But you asked earlier, because, are there any quick characters who have met her family? Right. And so Marais is one. saying the ghost bloods have them in their possession right. and bringing them right. here to Urethiru. So that's for another corroboration. It's another right. corroboration. Right. So Which if is the brothers never show up. Right. Then maybe Marais is lying about it. If the ghost bloods 
make good on this promise and bring her brothers to her to sh- as a show of faith that we, you know, right. we have your back, Shalon, then yeah. that might also answer your question, I think, of all this stuff. Yeah. So I, 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 I wanted to point that out because I've been waiting for this moment here to come up in this chapter this okay. whole time because, mm-hmm. you know, th- this, this idea of what is real is, it really does seem to be bothering you. And it really does. And I think that yeah. it's supposed to. And Marais, having said he rescued them, is kind of a linchpin in this. How much do you trust Marais? If he's telling the truth, then then Shalon doesn't have anything to worry about. And Pattern is telling her the same thing. Listen, your brothers are real. Marais has them. That's not the lie. That's what he's telling her. That is not the lie. And you've yeah, asked the question Pattern in this episode doesn't... just now, do we have any characters who have met her brothers and her family? Yeah. There is one. And his name is Pattern. Because Pattern's been with her for a very right. long time. And Pattern is telling her, That's, this isn't the lie. Can't you tell? She, he's yeah. telling her, okay. your brothers are real. But I understand where your worries are coming from because it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I'll say this. It's a lot to lose... Like, dude, I, there's nothing more heavy I can think about right now than the tragedy of the Devar family, that they're all murdered, including Shalon. Yeah. And there's someone else impersonating Shalon, like took, took that personality, like took that person over. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Like you're. That is really like, that's a heartache. That's a, that's a. You've you've gone now from saying this person is a person who has Shalon as a personality and that all her family stuff has been made up to that her family stuff was real and another person has taken up her personality. Well, well, again, it's the things, right? Right. Okay. You're, you're right. But I I am thinking about all of it and and it's all very confused. It's all, it's not all straight in my head by any stretch. Right. I'm just thinking that. If we have characters that confirm the Devar family, then the Devar family exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they could also be all gone, missing. Like they could have met their ends, but there's someone else who's using right. Shalon to become radiant. Right. Or to get close to a situation or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like if that's happening... If like Shalon, the character that we know, the redhead girl, whatever, all this, yeah. if she's like just dead somewhere, I, I, like that I is fear the that, thing that I'm having that a I've, hard time. I fear that these last two years of <laughs> us doing this pod every week and, you know, you letting you not getting answers and not having any contact with the outside world or and we reassurances, yeah. I feel like I've made this happen. Like I've you damaged you. Me. I've literally damaged you. <laughs> emotionally yeah, yeah and yeah. that you just yeah. can't trust anything anymore you know what i mean <laughs> i just wanted you to enjoy this series bro okay i'm i are you kidding me i'm of course i'm enjoying it it's just it's just if if that becomes part of the story like that's going to be harsh oh for sure like, it would be for sure yeah okay all right um shalon this is oh no no can't you tell he's he says yes of course i can tell she starts forward again shalon pattern says this is mm, there is something wrong with these lies you place upon yourself i don't understand it 
I just need to go deeper, she whispers. I can't be Vale only on the surface. This is what we said before. Pattern buzzes with a soft, anxious vibration. Fast-paced, high-pitched. Vale hushed him as she reached All's Alley. A strange name for a tavern, but she had seen Stranger. It wasn't an alley at all, actually, but a, a big set of five tents sewn together, each a different color. It glowed dimly from within. A bouncer stood out again. <laughs> I almost feel like that, too. Is it like a little clue? It glowed dimly, like mm -hmm. the first moon? Right. Um, a bouncer stood out in front. He gave Vale a critical looking over, but didn't stop her as she sauntered, full of confidence, into the tent. It smelled worse than the other pub, with all these drunken people crammed together. The people who sat at them didn't wear the simple clothing of workers, but instead leathers, rags, unbuttoned military coats, both richer than the other tavern and lower at the same time. What a great title that would have been too, Richer and Lower. Yeah. Um, the bar was a plank set across some boxes, but they draped a cloth over the middle. A few people waited for drinks, and Vale ignored them. What's the strongest thing you've got, she asks the barkeep, fat man in a Takama. Veden Saf, single barrel. Right, Vale said dryly. If I wanted a water, I'd go to the well. Surely you've got something stronger. <laughs> she was literally just drinking Veden Saf. Sapphire yeah. at the last bar and right. was like, oh my God, it's so harsh. And now she's yeah. like stepping now up her play. Yeah. Uh, the barkeep grunted, then reached behind himself and took out a jug of something clear with no label. Hornator white, he says, thumping it down on the table. I have no idea what they ferment to make the stuff, but it takes paint off real nicely. Perfect, Vale says, clacking a few spheres onto the improvised counter. The barkeep poured Vale a very small cup of the stuff and set it before her, and she downed it in one gulp. Vale was expecting all of this. She held her breath to stifle the nausea she and relished the sensations. No worse than the pains already inside. Jeez. Pretty harsh, bro. So layered, eh? No, all of this stuff is so I layered know. with like, yeah. No worse than the pains already inside. Great, she says. Leave the jug. She turned to inspect the tent's occupants. Who was she going to approach first? Mm -hmm. A killing in the alleyway might not get reported here, but she hoped that the people here would know of it regardless. She poured some more of that horn-eater drink. She found something strangely appealing about it. She downed the third cup, but drew in a tiny bit of stormlight from, her, from a sphere in her pouch. What are you looking at? She says, eyeing the people in line at the bar. The bartender moved to put a stopper on the jug, and Vale put her hand on top of it. I'm not done with that yet. You are, the bartender says. One of two things is going to happen if you continue like that. You'll either puke all over my bar, or you'll drop dead. You're not a horn eater. This will kill you. That's my problem. Right. This mess is mine. I've seen your type with that haunted look. You'll get yourself drunk, then pick a fight. I don't care what it is you want to forget. Go find some other place to do it. Um, I don't care what it is you want to forget. Again, what do you want to forget? The memories. Right. Vale cocked an eyebrow, getting kicked out of the most disreputable dis bar in the market. Well, at least her reputation wouldn't suffer here. Yeah, I like that a lot. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Um, she caught the barkeep's arm and says, I'm not here to tear your bar down, friend. I'm here about a murder. 
Someone who was killed here a few days back? Who are you? You with the guard? Damnation, no, Vale says. I need a cover story. I'm hunting the man who killed my little sister. And that has to do with my bar, how? I've heard rumors of a body found near here. A grown woman, the barkeep says, so not your sister. My sister didn't die here. She died back in the war camps. I'm just hunting the one who did. Listen, I'm not going to make any trouble. I just need information. I hear there were unusual circumstances about this death, this rumored death. The man who killed my sister, he has something strange about him. He kills in the same way every time. Please. The barkeep met her eyes and let him see. Vale thought, let him see a woman with a hard edge, but wounds inside. A story reflected in her eyes. A narrative she needed this man to believe. Mm-hmm. Dude. I love it so much. That's a highlight. It's, I got it. Oh, dude, like the story in her eyes. Yeah. Are you, are you kidding me right now? But let, let him see. One of the most amazing don't let him see too much, right? Don't let right. her, don't let him see all of the story. I just love that the eyes needed to capture that. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, it's amazing. It's, it's like just, this thing that an actor would de- do, yes, right? Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah, I have to convey you know, this in just in a look. In just in a look. Yeah. Yes. I know. It's amazing. She's pulling out her, um, her most awesome Elizabeth Moss eyes. You know how Elizabeth <sighs> Moss, Elizabeth. Moss can emote with just her eyes without any yeah. words, sound or anything, yeah. just the eyes? She's, yeah. am- she's incredible, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking best eyes yeah. ever, for sure. Uh, I might, I might have a little, little crushy poo on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who did it has already been dealt with. I need to know if your murderer is the same one I've been hunting, Vale says. I need details of the killing, however gruesome they may be. I can't say anything, the barkeep says, but he nods towards one of the alcoves where two people were making out. No, no I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, they have a makeout room in this, in this tent? Sorry, I had to do it. Alcoves. Okay. Yeah. But he nodded toward one of the alcoves made from <laughs> stitched together tents. They might. Who are they? Just your everyday ordinary thugs. But they're the ones I pay to keep the bar out of trouble. Mm-hmm. If someone had disturbed this establishment in a way that risked the authorities shutting the place down, as that Aladar is so fond of doing, those are the people who would have taken care of the problem. I won't say any more. She taps her cup and cocked her head, hopefully, and the bar keeps side gave her one more hit of the Horn Eater White, which she paid for. The alcove he'd indicated held a single table of a variety of ruffians. The men wore the clothing of the Alethi upper crust, jackets and stiff uniform trousers, belts and unbuttoned shirts. Here their jackets were undone, their shirts were loose, and two of the women wore the hava, though another was in trousers and a jacket, not too different from what Vale wore. The whole group of them reminded her of Tin, in the way that they lounged in an almost deliberate way, it took effort to look so indifferent. Yeah. There was an unoccupied seat, and so Vale strolled right in and took it. The light-eyed woman across from her hushed a jabbering man by touching his lips. That's Ur's seat, the woman says to Vale. When he gets back from the pisser, you'd best have moved on. Then I'll be quick, Vale says. A woman was found dead here. I think the murderer might have also killed someone dear to me. I've been told the murderer was dealt with, but I need to know for myself. Hey, yeah, says a foppish man wearing a blue jacket. You're the one that was drinking the horn eater white. Old Sullock only keeps that jug as a joke. 
the woman in the Hava laced her fingers before herself, inspecting Vale. Mm-hmm. Has the attention of Vale now. Look, Vale says, just tell me what the information will cost me. One can't buy what isn't for sale, the woman says. Everything is for sale, if you ask the right way, which you're not doing. Right, I like that a lot. Look, Vale says, listen, my kid sister, she... And a hand suddenly falls on Shalon's shoulder. She looked up to find an enormous horn-eater man standing behind her. Storms, he had to be nearly seven feet tall. This, he said, drawing the I, or this, <laughs> drawing the I into an E, is my spot. Yeah. He pulled Vale off the chair, tossing her backward to roll on the ground. She, her cup tumbling, satchel twisting and getting wound around her arms. She growls and then stands up. She yanked off her satchel and dropped it and then removed a handkerchief and the knife from inside. This knife was narrow and pointed long, but thinner than the one on her belt. She picked up her hat, dusted it off, replacing it and strolled back up to the table. Shalon disliked confrontation, but Vale loved it. Yeah. You know, every time she mentions the hat, I can't help but remember Bluth. Because it's Bluth's hat, right? Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's just, there's something about carrying, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, when um, Kalanen went into Hearthstone, he carried Bridge Four with him. He carried, mm-hmm. you know, even Adolin and uh, and Moash with him. And, mm-hmm. and Shalon here is carrying Bluth with her, you know, yeah. when she's Vale. And, and I, I really like it. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Strolling back up to the table, um, Vale loved the confrontation. Well, well, she says. You say it's your place, but I don't see it marked with your name. The horn eater stares at her. Let me show you, she said, removing her knife and placing the point onto the back of her hand, which she pressed against his. What is this? He's sound, sounding amused. You putting on an act, being tough. I've seen men pretend. Vale rams the knife down through her hand through his and into the tabletop <laughs> fuck yeah the horn eater screams whipping his hand upward making Vale pull the knife out of both hands the man toppled out of his chair and he scrambled away from her Vale settled down in it again yeah she took the cloth from her pocket and wrapped it around her bleeding hand that would obscure the, cu- the cut when she healed it right a part of her was surprised at how calm she remained. She retrieved her knife, which had fallen from the table. You're crazy, the horn eater says. You're Anakai crazy. Oh, wait, Vale says. Look, I see your mark here in blood. Ur-seat. I was wrong. <laughs> but, but mine's here, too. Suppose you can sit in my lap if you want. I'll throttle you, Ur says. I'll quiet Ur, the woman in the Hava says. But Betha... You think, says the woman to Vale, assaulting my friends is going to make me more likely to talk? Honestly, I just wanted the seat back, but uh, if you want me to start hurting people, I suppose I could do that. You really are crazy. No, I just don't consider your little group a threat. I've tried being nice and my patience is running thin. It's time to tell me what I want to know before this turns ugly. Betha frowned and then glanced at what Vale had scratched into the tabletop three interlocking diamonds, the symbol of the ghost bloods. Dude, so awesome. Fuck yeah, bro. What a great, what a great confrontation this whole yeah. thing is. Um, 
Vale gambled that the woman would know what it meant. Vale wasn't sure how secretive Marais and his people were about their symbol, but the fact that they had it tattooed on their bodies indicated to her that it wasn't necessarily supposed to be a terrible secret, more of a warning. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. The moment Betha saw the symbol, she gasps softly. We want nothing to do with your type, Betha says. Wow, Vale thought. Even cutting the hand of one of their members hadn't provoked this strong a reaction. Yeah. Even just conveying that dude is like the symbol of the ghost bloods is more intimidating than what she just did. Just did to, to a horn eater. To the horn eater. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I Me love too. how that just communicates so well in the text. Um, curiously though, one of the other women at the table, a short younger woman wearing a hava, leaned forward, interested. The murderer, Vale says, what happened to him? We had Ur drop him off the plateau outside. But how could this be a man you would be interested in? It wasn't just, it was just Ned. Ned. Ned Ryerson? Drunk. Yeah, Ned. <laughs> Ned, needle nose Ned, come Ned, on. Case Ned Western Ryerson. High. <laughs> yeah. Dude, bringing Groundhog Day into this is yeah. always a good idea. Yeah. Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson. Uh, Ned, drunk from Sadius's camp, said one of the men, angry drunk, always got into trouble. Killed his wife, Betha said. Pity too, after she followed him all the way out here. Guess none of us had much choice with that crazy storm, but still. And this Ned, Vale says, murdered his wife with a knife through the eye. What? No, he strangled her, poor bastard. Strangled. That's it, Vale says, no knife wounds? Betha shook her head, seemed confused. Vale thought, so this was a dead end. But I heard that the murder was strange. No, the standing man said, then settled back down beside Betha, knife out. He set it on the table in front of them. We knew Ned would go too far at some point. Everyone did. I don't think any of us was surprised when, after she tried to drag him away from the tavern that night, he finally went over the edge. Literally, Shalon thought. This is the first time Shalon's name's been mentioned in like two pages. This whole mm -hmm. confrontation with this table, the bar, it's all veil. been Vale. Yep. Since she said uh, Vale needs to, you know, she needs to be more Vale or whatever when she said that. When did she say that here? Mm. Anyways, she, she makes a point of saying that she needs to be more Vale. Mm-hmm. And ever since she, sa she says that out loud, it's been Vale the entire time. There's no Shalon thinks or Shalon this or Shalon. Yeah. Shalon literally disappears from this paragraph, this chapter until this, this la last little um, right. sentence here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. <laughs> that's, that's neat. More pages of Vale. Um, it appears Vale says that I have wasted your time. I will leave... Spheres with the barkeep. Your tab is my debt tonight. Dead end. Perhaps she'd been foolish to think that she could solve it in a few hours, what Adolin had spent weeks trying to crack. Oh, don't look so sullen, Ur, Betha says. At least it was just your hand. Considering who that was, it could have been a whole lot worse. But why was she so interested in Ned, Ur says. she going to come back because I killed him? She wasn't after him. Didn't you listen? Ain't nobody that cares and had killed poor Rem. Of course, it could have been about the other woman he killed. 
Vale felt a shock run through her. Mm-hmm. She spun, striding back into the alcove. Ur whimpered, hunching down and holding his wounded hand. There was another murder, Vale demanded. I was going to tell you, but you left so fast. Just talk. We'd have let the watch take care of Ned, but he couldn't leave it at killing just poor Rem. He killed another person? Yeah, one of the barmaids here. That we couldn't let pass. We protect this place, you see, so Ur had to take a long walk with Ned. Strangest thing, that he'd come back and kill a barmaid the next night, left her body right around the corner from where he killed poor Rem. He screamed the whole time we were taking him to his fall that he hadn't killed the second one. He did, Betha said. That barmaid was strangled the exact same way as Rem. Okay, dude. Yeah. Body dropped in the, exa- in the same position. In the same position, I know, but dude, this is weird. It's, it's awesome, is what it is. We've it's, got a real case here, bro. We have a copy, yeah. Yeah, it's not Adolin just... Adolin kills Sadius, right? Another is and killed. And then another from body Sabaril. is killed, and we know from Adolin's POV, he didn't kill the second one. But that right. second person was killed in the same way Sadius was killed. Same way. Then and now this, this Ned guy happened. kills Rem, and right. then he swears he didn't kill, didn't kill the, the barmaiden, bar but someone else killed the barmaiden in the same way as Rem was killed. Yeah, I don't know what's awesome, going on. Awesome, bro. It's so it's fucking crazy. cool. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um uh, even had the marks of his ring scraping her chin like Rem did. Exact same marks. It's uncanny. Another double murder, Vale thought. Storms. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Vale felt dazed, though she didn't know it was from the drink or the unwelcome image of the strangled women. She went and gave the barkeep some spheres, probably too many, and hooked the jug of horn-eater white with her thumb and then carted it out with her into the night. I like how she, she takes the horn-eater white bottle at the end of yeah. it all. It's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, despite the protestations that she can't have anymore. So the dude, this chapter is it's awesome. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a really good chapter. Yeah, you know the expectation with this is that Mm. you know, and Shalon's like, you know, but and a couple of chapters ago, she's like, you know, we should be looking into not just killings of light eyes, but anyone who's been killed in the same manner. Maybe there's someone doing this to dark eyes too. So the yep. expectation for us is that she's going to investigate this and stumble mm-hmm. upon or, or, or actually investigate and find out that someone else has been positioned the same way Sadius and that, that, um, you know, uh, high Lord was, is killed with the, in the eye, the same thing. But what we get is something completely different. Another mm-hmm. double murder in which someone killed yeah. someone and then, it's you know, repeated if in the we exact have to, same way. If we believe what Ned said before uh, Ur killed him, that he didn't kill the barmaid, then there's another copycat. So, I mean, what do you what do you make of this? Uh, j- just as a first pass, what do you make of this? I, I, I couldn't guess. The, the only thought that just came to my head right now is when you said, just the way you were repeating what the murders were like, it's like a pattern. Right. So it's like a, so what I, what I thought of is like, what if this is being committed by a spren? Like a spren is observing. Right. And, and then, then repe- mimicking and then or something. Yeah. Mimicking. Yeah. It's cool. It's, that's I don't really know, cool. I don't know why, why that would be, but 
Because it, it could be from a place of innocence. Could be. It could be like, I observe this, therefore I repeat it in some other way, or I, I don't know. It would have to mean... I can't hazard I can't hazard a guess as to why this is occurring right now. I be, don't know. Because the whoever killed no the idea. second guy after Sadius would have had to have seen Sadius right. dead to know how to kill that person. Yes. And that also means the right. same person would have had to have seen Rem and how they died in order to be able to do the same thing to this barmaiden. It is really cool, dude. It has the makings of a really awesome, like true crime investigation. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. really dude. cool. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Couldn't, it, couldn't possibly guess right now yeah. at all what's going on. The fact that it happened with a different murder mm-hmm. is, is what blew my mind. Yeah. It's awesome. Because I was completely anticipating that there was going to be a series of murders echoing the Sadius murder. Right. The eye and the position and the, yeah. The eye and the position. Right. So the fact that this has happened, yeah, it's some, it's something completely different. Yeah. It's got a little creep or, factor to it. Or it's, I should say, I should say it's more complicated. It, it very much is. Um, you know what <laughs> sh- maybe should not be complicated is what's your highlight? Oh, well, it's, I just a lot named of, off about five bazillion. Why, yeah. why don't we start with yours I, with this chapter? I mean, without even, I've already said, if you, I mean, I have it written down here. My, my highlight is when Shalon starts to freak out and doesn't, can't trust her memories. This is like an awesome, yeah. awesome moment. And I truthfully wasn't prepared for how it would have, how it affected you and oh, your dude. rereading of this chapter as we recorded. I mean, it's truthfully awesome that you are, are having these thoughts because it mimics Shalon well. having these thoughts. Like it's <laughs> Shalon is having a hard tr- time trusting herself. And I love that. That's really cool. It makes things a little bit more complicated. Like you said. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think about, especially the wild theory that Shalon may not be there. Like, I think the Devar family exists or existed but the stories, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's wild. Right. It, and, and I have to admit, even, even the stories of how the, like the relationship with the, with the brothers and the father and everything, it does seem like a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just feeling very unglued. And the only thing that I'm hoping it's like, it's like trying to grasp at a ghost and, and, and that will be me right till the end. If it turns out that there's something even more complicated with, with Vale, uh, Shalon, Radiant, and you have to like let go of one of those personalities. Like if it's Shalon that has to go because that's ends up being the truth of it. Right. Then I'm going to be one of those readers. I'll be grasping at every wisp of air of her. Right. To try to hang on to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fucking interesting. And I am, I'm so here for your journey and to find out what you think about everything that's about to happen. It's just really awesome. I can't even, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing, Sean. It's amazing. Oathbringer. I know that I've heard this in the community from, from several people that Oathbringer was not necessarily their favorite in right. terms of the series. Right. But man, for me, whoa, it's, I've it's, heard the same. I've also heard that, uh, some people's <clears throat> favorite Sander Lanches is in Oathbringer. That's true too. So, I did hear that good things about But I mean, it's a mixed Sandra. bag. Everyone yeah. has their own, their own thing, yeah. right? So. Yep. Um, you know who else has their own thing? 
Buzzkill Joe and his uh, info dump. <laughs> and his info dump. <laughs> yeah. So uh, chapter 18, Double Vision, uh, Veil Goes Out Drinking is uh, the plot synopsis that uh, Buzzkill came up with here, which is super yeah. awesome. I love it. It's like... Um, <laughs> Veil goes out for a yeah. Drink. It's like a super, you know, like the the, the tagline of of yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love uh, All's Alley. Uh, strange name for a tavern, yeah, but um, uh, it's great. Um, uh, the Jor is the bouncer she meets. Uh, old Sulik is the um, bartender at All's Alley. Um, Ur, the horn eater, Betha is the light woman who had the, um, safe hand, but she wore a glove with the fingers cut off at the knuckles. So she's covering her safe hand, but also showing part of her fingers, which I don't know what that is. That's, that's strange and awesome. And then we Mm -hmm. hear about Ned who was killed by Ur and who killed his wife, Rem. So there's a whole little set there. There's all these little characters that may or may not be really, I don't, think are important to the series but they're important to this this chapter and this investigation that uh, that Vale is running and I say Vale is running it because like we pointed out earlier you know as soon as she decides to double down on the, uh, on this Shalon takes a back seat and is not no longer in the chapter so that's really really awesome yeah mm-hmm. um a couple of things here sapphire wine we kind of know about uh the wines and all the different varieties we've kind of learned this before i do like how she says <laughs> that um the color is really just something that's infused An it's infusion. not really yeah, yeah and, and it like that kind of took shallan off guard it's a little Kool-Aid. bit yeah it, it's it's, Kool-Aid. it's it's food coloring yeah um <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome that Stormlight can heal poison or at least alcohol. We don't know if whether or not it could heal uh, an actual poison from like a maybe an animal or like a you know like a snake uh, type of uh, thing. We don't know yep. if that it can heal that po- kind of poison, but it's really cool. Um, there is the uh, obviously the breakaway is the the the, the, the uh, this awesome market area, which is really really cool. A character unto itself. Um, I wanted to mention the, the well again, which you seem to feel is very mysterious. It's the Mm -hmm. cavern central well, a large round enigma, which is right in there rippled with creme free Mm -hmm. water. And I love the fact that it says the water level never drops despite people constantly drawing from it. It is really, really cool. Um, yeah, so that's it for the, 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 um, info dump. Oh, we also got Horn Eater White, which is the first time we've ever heard of this alcohol. Um, it does not surprise me in the least that the Horn Eater people have something that is so incredibly strong <laughs> that it is used as paint thinner, as I said in yeah, the intro that it, that of the show. Yeah, that it kills so. you. To enjoy it. <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, thanks a lot to Buzzkill Joe for doing some uh, some work here. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you, Joe, and we love you, bro. Um, so yeah, um, this is the t- part of the show that I'm going to read the names of our patrons. We haven't done it in a little while, so let me get through this list pretty quickly mm-hmm. here, and we will... Um, say our goodbyes. So if you want to be part of the Patreon team, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of. There are several different tiers that you can do. You can get a nice care package from Craftmaster Mike. You can get the Discord link at the base one, or there's all kinds of different things that you can play around with here. So uh, come and join the, the, the community at patreon.com slash heroes of. We'd like to thank Harry Merrill, Nate Irish, Caleb Lay, Sister of the Rain, Very Spicy Nut, Joel Carnes, <laughs> Alex Bulwarg, Waneros, Athernal, Barbara Trigolet, Cat Tux, Hendrick Limbach, Matthew Goddard, Will Streckfus, Robin Todd, Jamie Piga, Kostub Varshney, Thrall, 
or also known as As. Asaf Mashia, I think I got that right that time, bro. Um, Ian <laughs> Henry, Zane Jeffries, Asta, Waterman, Daniel Altridge, J.S., Joseph Sherry, Jacqueline Delaroca, John Kurth, Kunal Chaudhry, Automatic Bear, Ryan Shea, Amigo Cat, Scorpio 245, Andrea G., Stephen Coolia, Shanidi, James Wallace, Michael Colling, Grant Hoffmeister, Yezrian, Chloe Lewis, Kyle Wilson, Tony Hernandez, Jesus Rocho, Sarah Marshall, Dark Moon Nightness, Milan Radnovich, Geneviève Blanc, Zachary Lindo, Brian Taylor, Dana Gustason, Jesse Fay, Cannoli, Jaden Guerra, Ryan Phillips, Sarah Slagle. C. Carr, Tom Gonzalez, Mark Pinto, Maria Verum, Lawrence Bradley, Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzizer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Chris Wally, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson, Andrew Woods, James M., Valk of Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman, Christopher Bagley, Megan Lloyd, Richard Featherson, Ilya Surden, Daniel Lee, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S., the best college podcast, the best college football podcast. This one, man. This one. <laughs> Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P., Pat Bevins, Thomas Kovar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, James Reed, Jean-Marc David, Steph Baum, Alex Trant, Joey Willman, Ratman, P. Flume, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Wick, Joseph Mingoya, also known as Buzzkill Joe, Daniel Wyden, Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeFeo, Robert Goble, My Mom Sue, Ari Zhu, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christian Papi, no, 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 Jack's wife, Linda, and our mm -hmm. best friend, Mike. Um, so normally that's when I end the list, but I'd like to actually do something a little special here. I'd actually like to read the list of all of our fallen soldiers. So over the course of time through the two and whatever years that we've done this podcast, we've had people come in and, you know, come in as a patron and then drop out because of financial reasons or, or whatever. And we just want to say that if you're with us for a brief amount of time or for a long time, we really appreciate you being, having been part of this community, even if it's for mm -hmm. one month, even if it's for one little amount of, of pledging, we really appreciate you. And we don't want to leave you by the wayside. Some of these names never got to be read because they, um, they came on and left before we even got a chance to even start reading names on the show. So I just wanted to quickly go through a, a list of fallen soldiers. We love you and respect you. And thank you very much for to continuing to, to support the show by listening uh cohen turley alex coza sarah 677 jordo kevin friday riley donlin jan michael kioski mies gregory elvira joseph bruno christopher jack salvat snicket lydia doza lexi riviera zach helton alex defour joshua and that's it so thank you very much everyone for having listened to before or listening now or being part of this community at any one point during our run we really appreciate you and uh, thank you very much if you want to reach out to us you can do so at heroesofacathra at gmail.com you can reach out on twitter at uh, heroes of one or on the instagram at the, the storm pod and make sure that you join up on the subreddit the storm pod or the facebook group so jack we will be doing not one not two but three chapters next Ooh. episode, 19, 20, and 21. They're all wow. small chapters, so we are going to put them all together 
and hopefully it's not going to be a five-hour show. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. We'll see. Hopefully not. No promises. No promises. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We love you very much. Till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra.